Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Epiphany Station. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Matty Taos, and I get to be one of the pastors here. And if you didn't know, we're actually in week three of our teaching series called Worship Matters. For three weeks now, and for one more week, following on the February 3rd, we're talking about what it means to worship God. So in week one, we talked about how we prioritize Him, how we make Him matter, and why our worship and our dedication to making Him matter matters to Him. Last week, we had the opportunity to talk about money and the part that money has to play in worship, how God makes our money matter because our heart of worship matters and our heart is so connected to the money we have and the money we use. Today, we get to talk about something different. Today, we get to talk about what it means to worship by how we serve, how we serve with our strength. For when God first called people together, and He gathered them and shared with them this message of what was expected of this community relationship with Him. He had this message relayed. He said, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and we must worship Him. We must worship the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all of your strength. So today we get the opportunity to talk about how serving matters, how ministry matters matters. If last week was talking about how we worship with our heart, this week we talk about how we worship with our strength. Now, when we say the words ministry or serving in church, we often have different perspectives of what that means depending on where we come from. Now, if you just went to straight up dictionary online, you'll find that ministry means someone who is paid professionally to be a minister of religion. And I think with that connotation, we, we find a lot of our own views attached to it. Some of us grew up in that mentality. I certainly did. The person who did ministry was the person in charge. Ministry, minister, it kind of makes sense. The problem with that making so much sense to us, it can rob us of one of the most beautiful parts of ministry. One of the most beautiful, one of the most important parts of worshiping and connecting to our God, the ability for us to understand our part in ministry. When we talk about ministry, the church talks about it as we've come to understand it. We gather it from this word that is used over and over again in the Bible. This Greek word that's translated, the Greek word uh, daikoneo, which basically means to serve with all that you have, to serve as if that person you're serving is your master. And it doesn't matter when we're talking about worship, whether it's voice or whether it's money or whether it's service. We can never consider, and we never really would consider, that as we sing together, the only people really worshiping are the ones up here. We would never truly believe that only some of the people who give their money towards the mission of God are the ones worshiping with their money. So we must not consider either that those who serve, some are worshiping and some are not. This is why this idea of serving, this idea of finding our ministry and making it matter, it's why we are the church. It's why we gather together. It's why we do what we do. It's why we have an opportunity to come and be, make family to be able to fulfill the mission and vision that God has us on and is one of the primary reasons that we have pastors. Now, a pastor is a weird person. Sometimes looks like me, sometimes looks better. But a pastor has a very unique role, and it's sometimes confusing. One of my favorite questions to receive as a pastor over the past seven or eight years is, what does a pastor do? Like, if we're honest, it's a strange and frustrating question for most people to even try and ask because there is this idea, even some of my close family members believe that a pastor's job is on Sunday morning. We have one grueling day of work in which we tell you what God said, and then for the rest of the time, we sit in a big leather chair with a cup of coffee and we read the Bible. And that's not true, because I don't drink coffee, I drink tea like a real person. But you see, we have this idea built in 
that ministry is done by a minister, that the pastor, he connects himself so closely to God, and then he shares with you what God says, and that supposedly is ministry. In fact, when we talk about ministry, as we understand it, the pastor's job is very different. It is much more than just him connecting with God. It's actually him connecting with you so that you can understand your part in ministry too. I see the Apostle Paul, he wrote letters to the church to help him understand everyone's part to play and what it means to be people who minister together, who, who fulfill the mission of God together. And he wrote one such letter to a church in the book of Ephesians, a letter to the Ephesians, in which he tried to highlight why some people are in certain roles and how ministry matters and how it comes out as worship. In Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 12, he said this. He said, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So a pastor has but one job to do. His job is to understand why certain people have been grafted together to make up a church family and how they can be able to find their place of ministry and leverage for the glory of God. It is one of the most beautiful and it is one of the most overwhelmingly powerful things about the church when we come to understand the part we have to play in it. Paul continues on and he goes to say how this is accomplished and even what it looks like when it is accomplished. In Ephesians 4.15, he says, Look, when this happens, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head body of the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Jesus planned the church to be something special. He planned it to be unique. He planned it to be most significant. And the problem that you and I often have with church is that's not what we've experienced. We've experienced lesser versions of maybe what God and what Christ originally designed. And please hear my heart as I speak. I'm not saying this so as to bash church. I love church. I love why it was created. I love the design for it. I love its intended purpose. And maybe that's why when I see it hobbling along, not finding its beauty, not finding its purpose, it's so hurtful. See, church was not supposed to be one man doing a job. It's not even a committee. It's not a leadership team. It's not a board. And when our churches are sometimes missing something or it feels like it's missing something, it's because it's missing something. It's missing a unique part of worship together where God's people are equipped to do the work, their ability to build up the body, which is the church, where at that point Christ knits them together, grafts them together so inextricably that they're bound now in love. Now this, this is a crazy idea that this could be what church is supposed to be. But I think we know that. I think that's maybe where we struggle in places with church. Because there is something deep within us that craves community. There is something within us that wants there to be a place where we not only find relationships, where we not only find something we can maybe attend, but something we can be a part of. Something that will make a difference a place where we can actually contribute to success. Jesus never created the church to be a place of dependence 
not codependence, but one of interdependence, one where people come and they can actually rely on each other, where they can give to one another, where they can help each other. And that is why a healthy, growing church, as Paul describes it, is one where people find their place to buy in, their opportunity to contribute, their opportunity to make the community healthy. That is when ministry really starts to matter. And that is why ministry is so needed. For Jesus' goal in creating the church was this unique, this unimaginable, this interdependent, this intentional family where all can serve, where all can contribute, where all can give, where all can worship, and where all can love God and love people together. It is not only It is, but it is not only so that we can enjoy that together. It is so that he can use that as the vehicle through which the world will know him for who he is, the person who brings peace and unity and love. In John 13, verses 34 and 35, he in fact shared one of the very goals of the church's existence and why when it's healthy, it is good. He said to his people, so I'm going to give you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Us in this room, you watching at home online, wherever you find your church home, our love, our support for one another, our care for each other, the unity and affection that grows for one another, that is how Jesus is showing the world what he can do. And so that means we must have that place to be part of that if we say we love God and we love people. And that means that we must be willing to put up with the messiness of church. We must be able to put up with people. We must be able to put up with people's crap. We must be willing to see that it's important enough for us to be together intentionally for the mission of God. And this mission, man, this mission is messy. And this mission, it asks something of you. And this mission asks for commitment. And this mission is the one most worthwhile. See, here at Epiphany, we've been given this this vision for our community, this vision to embrace thousands of outsiders. And I'll be honest, we don't get to pursue thousands. We don't get to embrace thousands of outsiders if we're not also pursuing what it looks like to have a healthy church a place that is growing together, a place that is full of love. We don't get to offer anything to outsiders if we don't have something to offer. If we don't have a place of love where they could hope to be a part, where they could be welcomed, where they could be connected. If we don't have a place of hope and grace and peace, we don't have anything to offer at all. So we must be willing to pursue together what it means to go for health, what it means to make our own ministries matter. Now, every single week throughout this entire teaching series, we've been talking about what it means for us to truly, genuinely worship. We've been challenging ourselves to ask some questions about what that would look like, what it means to be intentional about our worship. I'm going to ask you these questions again. I'm going to build upon them so that we understand how we grow and develop in our worship. These next steps are supposed to take us from conversation to application. And this week, it is to make sure that we make ministry matter. The first question is this, what matters? Honestly, genuinely, 
what matters to you. It should be the question that we come back to over and over again when we make really any decisions. Any decisions about service, any decisions about money, any decisions about what we will do with our lives. What matters? And let me warn you with this. If what matters to you is not God, if God genuinely doesn't matter to you and you're here today or you're watching at home, then honestly, ministry will not feel like ministry. It will not feel like what I have described. Because the reason that we minister, the reason that we serve is to love God, is to make Him matter. But if God does hold that number one spot, if it does matter to you, then guess what? The church matters to you. For the church matters to Christ. It is His vehicle. It is His body. It is His work. So the church mattering to you means ministry matters. Not my ministry, but your ministry matters. The next question that comes up that must follow that is the ever-longing question, really how much ministry matters? Last week we talked about really what it, the question of how much money really matters to God. And this question, how much ministry matters to God, takes on a little bit of a different bent. Because I have conversation after conversation with people who don't think their ministry matters. Who think that their ability to serve and contribute is somehow less than another person's. This is all bound up in this idea that it's just a paid professional that matters in ministry. Missing the truth that Christ brings people together, knits them together, binds them together so that the whole family exudes strength and unity in ministry together, complementing and contributing together. Most of you in this room, you have no idea about the hundreds of people that make their ministry matter in and around Epiphany Station. Nor do you need to. But I also am grieved by the fact that I don't think any of us fully comprehend and understand just what we're missing out on by the hundred of people that are yet to make their ministry matter, that don't think their ministry matters, that don't know how their ministry makes a difference to our church family. So if God matters and church matters and ministry matters and your ministry, your contribution is essential to us being full of love and being grown and healthy, then there's one final question for you to ask and this one gets a little bit more personalized, individualized to you. Who matters? Who matters to you? Who could you be specifically made, crafted this special work to minister to? Because you see, Paul wasn't messing about. He said, look, each part, each part does a special work so that everything else can grow, so that we can actually add something to the whole family. And here's what I know about you, even if I know nothing about you. You are special. You are made to be special. You're unique. You know what? You're just weird. You're weird in a very weird way, and we're all weird for the most ingenious of reasons. Because the church is not supposed to be whitewashed. The church is not supposed to be the same people getting together with the same interests, same passions, and same gifts. We're supposed to look at each other differently and see why we're made differently. So I believe that you're special. And you don't have to believe that. That's okay. You don't have to believe what I believe. But I want you just for the last maybe five minutes of our conversation to go out on a limb and believe me when I say you were not made for nothing. And if you were not made for nothing, what maybe were you made for? 
I believe that you were worked on, you were hovered over, you were crafted specifically like a masterpiece because you have a special work to do. Because there are good things God wants to put in front of you and say, this is your place. This is where you do business. This is where you build the kingdom of God. And I wonder, I wonder if as the church, or for you as an individual, I wonder if this is maybe why we sometimes lack satisfaction in life when we haven't found that. If there is this place we're supposed to be building the kingdom and we're not, maybe that's why something feels like it's missing. That's my, maybe why some of us feel and, and are, are afflicted by the feelings of insignificance. Because there is a great significant work for us to be doing that we're not. I wonder maybe if in the church why we've always been viewed as self-focused and self-serving Because the thing that would drag us out of that, that would make people know that that's not who we are, would be this service of others, would be this growing up of other people. I wonder if it's why we've had bad church experiences. I wonder if it's why sometimes it feels like there's something missing from the church, because it is. The most beautiful expression of serving together in worship. We don't want to do that at Epiphany Station. We don't want to make it about building big buildings. We don't want to make it about hiring dozens of staff. What we want to make ministry about is putting hundreds of people in ministry. Hundreds of people serving thousands of people in ministry. That's why we go and do everything we can to be able to help you find your place. This morning as you walked in, you should have been given our green Join the Mission connection card. That is there not because we're going to pressure you to do something, but because we want to equip you to find your place where you're called to do your special work. If you want to be part of a church family that is healthy, that is growing, that is full of love, then you will make that happen. Now, that might look different for any one of us of how we're called to serve and give our talents and our gifts. Some of us, we find family in different places and we find passions there too. So if you're here and celebrate recovery is your family, that's your place where you connect. Those are your people. That's where your gifts can be leveraged. Then go to Celebrate Recovery, our Tuesday night recovery program, and serve. Find your place to be grafted into the team that's doing an amazing work. If Sunday is your place to connect, if this is where you connect with your church family, then go ahead and add an impact and contribute to what happens on Sunday as we embrace thousands of outsiders. Find your work in hospitality via our welcome team. Shovel some snow, open a door, serve some coffee, equip people to take their next steps. Maybe you're a parent, or maybe you just love the development of our youngest family members to see them grow in health. Then find your place in e-babies. Find your place in e-kids. Maybe you have the time and the ability to be a role model, to be a friend to some of our people that need it most. Then go ahead and check e-teens, and we'll get you connected over with Elevate Youth Center and the work that they do. See, these are just some of the ministries that we do. These are just the things that people collect around, but it really doesn't matter. If you're gifted and you have an artistic flair, if you see yourself as having an ability to teach, a skill in organization or administration, if you can clean, if you can construct, if you can care, if you can pray, we want to equip you. The health of our church, the building of our kingdom in Thief River Falls is built on ministry. It is built on people making their ministry matter. And ministry matters when God's people 
are equipped to do his work and build up the church. So I challenge you as we wrap things up to take some time to consider where your part is to play in ministry. We're going to have our music team head up onto the stage. They're going to close us with a song. And our prayer team is going to be down the front. And if you need prayer, if you need direction on where your place in ministry might well be, then you can make use of this prayer team. You can make use of it during the last song and then after the whole worship experience. I challenge you, though, not to walk out of here considering that your ministry doesn't matter, that you have nothing to contribute. You do. You were born to do it. You were made to do it. It's what Jesus wants to see happen in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you you even think to give us responsibility. You think to give us the opportunity to take part in your mission to the world. That we get a chance to exhibit and to display the the best parts about us in in action and in service, in loving people, in, in growing in being able to bring health to our family and our community. God, help us to see the need for this. Help us to draw the lines between how we feel so unsatisfied, how, how we feel disconnected, how we creep into loneliness and isolation, and how your church was there given as the reason, as the solution, as the answer to our separation, that we might find community and significance and importance as we love you and as we worship you as we make ministry matter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.